We switch mics, so you might sound exactly like me. I do. Do I sound like you? Identical. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Welcome to Love and Brief, a brief ABDL podcast focused on issues of love. Yep. Love for yourself. Yep. Love for others. Yep. Love for community. I love that one. Love for puppers and kitties. Sure. And love for safety. Oh, that's new. Yeah. So I'm RNT and I'm kind of doing the podcast by myself today, but with RY. Now that is a very strange thing to say, but I think it's going to make sense here in a minute. You are kind of doing the podcast by yourself, even though I'm sitting right here in the room with you. I'm an adult. So you mentioned the safety thing, RNT. Yep. Why do you bring it up? Car seats. Um, oh. High chairs. I did um, not, no, I didn't think. Airbags. We're not to, hmm. Internet secure. There you go. Ah. Yeah, we're not talking about the other things, but we are talking about internet safety, privacy, and security. And but do you wear your seatbelts, guys. Yeah. I mean, why not? Buckle up. I do have a strange role this week. You do. So um, here's what's going to be kind of different this week is that so accessibility really matters to us. And one of the ways that accessibility matters is that there are some folks who work in an occupation or have a reason why they really can't come on the podcast but they really want to, but they're rightly for, you know, for one reason or another concerned about safety and security. And so we're doing something kind of odd this week. Yeah, we are. There's a whole Cyrano de Bergerac situation going on this week. <laughs> it is a Cyrano de Bergerac situation. So the, I'm going to have our guest in my right ear, but you won't be able to hear my guest. And Ooh. so I am going to pretend to be the guest. And one of the things that I learned when I was working in radio, when we would have breaking stories, was that sometimes I had to just repeat what was in my ears live on the air a second after somebody else started reading them. So we're going to do that today. We're going to try it out. We're going to see how it goes. But I really wanted this friend and, uh, and trusted expert of ours to be able to be on the podcast. So this is how we're going to do it. Now, you might ask, why doesn't our friend just come on the podcast? It's because our friend is so good at issues of security and safety that he knows a lot more than I ever will about how that stuff works. And he said, look, by nature of my occupation, I don't want my voice on there, not disguised, not changed. I just can't do it. And I was like, let's, let's find a way to get you on. And I think this is a good solution. Well, we'll see. It's all it's all up to my ability to follow through, but we'll see. So our friend today is going to be referred to as a friend who knows stuff about stuff. Is that correct? Uh, a friend who knows a lot about this subject. Let's about run this, with that. A lot about this subject. So and we'll say friend. We're going to call them friend or my friend. Yes. And our friend uses he and him pronouns. So that's what we're going to use. Um, so you'll hear friend and he and him. But you, here's here's where you have to play along with us. It's going to be me talking. So, so, so just switch your brains and I'm going to introduce the topic. And then when I tell you, pretend like I'm that person. Right. Sound good? But before we get started. Yeah. Our why as our friend. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your response to uh, how your love is going right now? Oh yeah. Tell us about your love friend. And then here's me being friend. I respectfully decline to answer that question for privacy reasons. See, that's a great answer. Perfect. <laughs> We're off to a We're grand start. We're off to a great start. start. So here's the question that came to us. Um, this came from Daddy Zuko on FL, and the question is about kink-related privacy online. This one's kind of a long one, but buckle in because it's a goodie. 
So maybe this is a redundant suggestion, says Daddy Zuko, as separating your kink life from your real life has been a running theme in Love and Brief. But hearing R.Y. talk about discretion in photos and using a Google Voice number in the 75th episode, shout out, sparked some thoughts of my own. The internet is a complicated place, and there are myriad ways to accidentally out yourself or share more identifying information than you meant to. Kink is legal but still very private part of people's lives and with real consequences if you get exposed. In the past, I've told friends about how much of their information could be exposed online and helped others clean up their online kink footprints. Way to go, Daddy Zuko. A little more awareness about what a curious person with a little information about you can find could go a long way in keeping people safer. I'd love to see an episode centered around kink-related privacy online with tips and tricks for keeping what should be personal private. How do you like that? I like that. But also, before we move on, can we just stop on the name for a second? And you know what that like relates to, right? It's the the, the musical. It's like Danny Zuko. Yeah, like Danny Zuko. But yeah. with two changed I letters. It. It's just so clever. Oh, it's so I like it. Okay, that's all. I just all wanted right. to mention that. So let's let's dig in, and uh, from here on out, I'm going to try my best to stay in character as friend who knows a lot about this stuff. And R&T, this interview is yours. All right. I'm ready for it. All right, friends. So here's my first question in response to um, this asker's question. What is the most important thing? So what is the thing that makes you slap your head the most when it comes to keeping kink separate from your real life, the thing that you see that makes you go, oh my God, again, that people need to know not to do or to do. So it can be sort of difficult to figure out what the right answer for this is because every single person is different. There are going to be people who feel very comfortable with being fairly exposed. There are going to be people who want to keep a minimal amount of information about themselves online. And so... That ultimately is going to be the thing that will determine how a person approaches this. So one person may put pictures of themselves or pictures of their face and everything out there, understanding that that's a choice they're making and that there are a number of people who make that choice and maybe making that before they recognize the consequences of it, but that ultimately that's a choice that they're making. The safest way to be is to not put anything out there, but that also means that you're ultimately removing yourself from your interaction in the community in that way, and so you're not able to express yourself, you're not able to be part of the community or be the way that you want to be, so you have to weigh the risk between how much do I want to put myself out there, how much do I want to be visible, and like what level of risk am I willing to take? Mm, So... It's hard to say, like, this is kind of a head slapper because like for some people it's fine, you know, like you're uncomfortable being out there, whatever, but other people are comfortable saying, Hey, you can see my diaper or whatever. It, it totally depends. There might be others who are super careful and won't do that at all. And there's some middle ground too, where you might share some things in trusted channels, but not publicly. And so it's all about the individual and all about how they want to present themselves. Now, that said, the most important thing to do, no matter how out you are, is to create a separation in your accounts, in your usernames and things like that, so that if one side is compromised, it's not so easy to connect the dots to the other 
if that's something that's important to you. Oh, that is a really good, that is a really good response. So, uh, you're saying if, for example, I have a Facebook or a TikTok or something like that, I should have a completely different profile with a completely different email, completely different logins, and try not to um, sort of overlap too much in friend groups between that and, say, my fetish profiles online? So I think that there's a difference between your presentation as a fetishist and how you connect with other people who are fetishists in some of these social spaces. And so it's fine as long as you understand where the risks are with being connected in vanilla social media with other people who are known to you. There is some risk that do come along with that. We can talk more about that in a minute, but that's fine. What I would strongly encourage people not to do is to use their vanilla social media to connect to fetish material. Accounts are free. Email addresses are free. Google accounts are free. All of these things, you can go and create a separate account. We'll call it a burner account, if you will. And use those to connect to your social media. And the reason for doing that is not that we're necessarily so concerned about what's on your particular device or what's on your particular computer, although there may be things that you're concerned about on that front too, but it's more important about how you yourself are discoverable and how you put up walls and separation between these very distinct parts of your life. So is it that if I have an email that I say use for the college I go to, and then I use that email to sign up for say FetLife or Instagram, that if someone types my email address into a search bar of some kind, they can find both. And that's what's concerning. Absolutely. And in fact, that hits on sort of the, one of the, one of the core issues. So if you use a common email address, especially in a service like Facebook or Instagram or something like that, or a common phone number in these services, these services, they are built and monetized around connecting people. So they use their tools to try and match as many people together as possible. And so you end up in a situation where you create a kink Instagram account, but you created it on the same device that already had other Instagram accounts on it or Facebook accounts on it. And that can become inadvertently connected to your vanilla social media profile. And so it's really important that as you do that, that you're not sharing an email address on those accounts, that you're not sharing a phone number on these accounts, and that you, if you have the resources to do so, I would recommend you even separate the actual devices if you can, especially at that point of account creation. After account creation, you can log in on a device that maybe you share with other accounts and it's, it's a little bit less risky, but... I have still seen people who have created accounts or people who are personal friends of mine who use an existing phone number or something like that. And I've seen where when I go to their FET, you know, their information pops up and other people you may know pops up and it shows up on my vanilla social media account. And that, and that is an absolutely uh, terrifying prospect. Like I, I write to them and say, Hey, you have to pull this down now because people are going to find this. Oh, that's so scary. I've only had the overlap a couple of times. 
uh, between kinky and vanilla. Um, I have this question and it might be a very, it might be the dumbest question of the hour, but, um, I have wondered this and I wonder if you might have the answer for me. Um, so every website you go to, you have to accept all cookies and every app you go to, it says you have to either ask the app not to track or allow. And I wonder if part of the device sharing issue is because a common device has all the information of all the websites that go to kinky, non-kinky. And if somebody might be able to access that group of information or that like bunch of information, even though I'm not sharing accounts just by doing it on the same device, if that makes sense, does, is that a, an actual fear worth having? That is a very good question. And it's a very real fear. I will allay that fear a little bit though. So as far as the, the question of how it will sort of connect the accounts that are in there. The important thing to understand is that in most scenarios, there's not a human on the other end who is connecting the dots. This information is somewhat privileged. There are ways that they determined uh, after using many resources that some resources can access some parts of this information, but this is generally not the kind of thing that a person on the other side of the screen or a run-of-the-mill person would be able to figure out and find and access. It will be much more in situations where, I mean, there are court actions or legal actions that would compel an organization to provide that information that would then be used to connect the dots. So separating that particular issue and that part of the question, we, when you think about like, okay, is my device, you know, knowing that I'm going to AB Universe or North Shore Care and then also know that I go to Rears and FetLife and then, and whatever. And the answer is, yes, it kind of does, but it's not as it's, 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 it's hard to sort of explain the, you get, a device profile built by advertisers, because ultimately advertisers are the ones who are trying to sell you things based upon your interests. And so for the kink companies, they're generally barred by terms of service of these respective networks and things like that from being able to use information about your, your predilections, your fetishes, and then advertise and target that. But we buy adult diapers, which aren't naturally a fetish product. So you might see some companies, some very good players in our space, who are not totally in our space. Uh, They'll use their client, their email addresses, whatever the email address was you used to purchase diapers. They'll use that kind of information to match you to your accounts on social media in an effort to sell you more diapers. And... If you're a person who is not a fetishist and you don't care about that, it, it's fine. You don't act, you know, interact with their social media profile on Facebook, then nobody will ever know that you were targeted by that. But if you start liking posts by North Shore Care on, on Facebook, your Facebook account is going to see that. So that is a way that that information can sort of end up being more visible. But it's the whole thing about when you're on a device, like, the device, like I'm talking to you on an iPhone right now and the phone is not listening to me talk to you about diapers. If it did, I would be seeing nonstop ads about diapers because I love diapers, but that's, 
that's not really how it works. But it does see if I go to certain websites or things like that. Like I will like especially like things like if I search on a device, the Google ad network for like a like a plumber, I'm gonna see more ads for plumbers. If I search for fast food, I'm going to see more ads for fast food. And, and so if I search for something about diapers, I'm probably going to see more ads about diapers. And they're trying to figure out more information about that profile. But like one of the things that they're not going to see is adult diaper fetishists because that's nor- normally not used to build a profile. Because it's hard to advertise to specifically adult diaper fetishists. It's better to just advertise diapers. So they want to advertise to you because they know you like diapers. But the reason that they know that is because you've already bought things from them. And so that's why you'll sometimes see ads on there. You're, they're not interested in selling to people who are not interested in buying diapers. They're not interested in selling to people who are not interested in buying their products. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so at this point, for... For those of our listeners who might be experiencing some anxiety, recognizing that they might have been doing things that they didn't intend to in terms of uh, violating their own security, can you tell us a little bit about how you can sort of get yourself a do-over, how you can back up? How I know they say nothing is ever fully erased from the internet, but how can you back up and make sure you're protected from here on out? Set all your devices on fire, run into the woods, and never speak to anybody again. Yes! But, so, uh, it's a little harder to get into that. Like, once this information sort of exists in somebody else's realm, especially when we're talking about, like, the advertising piece and how you purchase stuff, my recommendation would be shut down any kink accounts that are tied to a vanilla email address. So even if that means, you know, it's a service like FetLife, just change the the email address on FetLife. Like that's no big deal. But if you're talking about things like that are, that are natively in a social uh, vanilla space, if you have friends there, this is the time to shut it down and close that account, make it disappear. But before you do it, remove your information, including any photos, because you don't want it sticking around. They have document retention policies that have all sorts of stuff written in them about governance and how images are stored and things like that. And and when we're talking in a normal scenario, like if there's an image on Facebook and that data gets out on the internet and there's a breach, you don't want your email address in a social media space exposed that contains a bunch of kink stuff in it. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you're into that. But that's the most important thing is if you are already there, create that separation, shut down the open account that is connected to that vanilla email. If, if you're starting or you're going to a new service, just, just spin up an extra Gmail account. And if you're extra concerned about it, you can always run an incognito mode. Incognito mode doesn't store any cookies on your device, so it doesn't read cookies from the rest of the service so or the rest of your browser so and so when you're in incognito mode you're putting a layer of protection but it's not perfect your your isp still matches your browser 
but but here's the thing about that. The next question is always, well, should I use a VPN? What's a VPN? And, <laughs> and the answer is maybe. But the thing to think about is you're, you're just trading one entity who has your logs for another entity that has your logs. And in many cases, I'm going to take the security team from Verizon any day over some security team from Bob's discount VPN service. Wait, can you tell me what a VPN is, please? Sure. A VPN is a technology to connect you through to another network. And this is usually used in like a corporate type of environment where people will use it to access their corporate network from a remote location. So they'll VPN in. The other usage for it is people will route their internet traffic through this VPN so it makes it look like your internet connection is coming from a different place than where you are. And if you're in the United States or the EU, maybe in sort of, you know, the free world, so to speak, you, you don't you don't need to use a VPN. You're probably doing more harm than good. You're just going to run into more privacy stuff. So it kind of depends on, on what your profile is. But if you're in a country that maybe is a little more restrictive or is a little more concerned about things like there are parts of the world where I would probably be more inclined to use a VPN for all of my communication, all of my traffic. But those are not, I mean, the places that are like that, the people who are there already know that. So if you don't already kind of know that you're probably not somewhere where you really need to worry about that. Okay. Um, and what happens if, um, Say, I decide to take this new outlook I have on safety and I'm doing all the things. I'm changing my email addresses. I'm deleting old accounts and I still don't feel safe. And what I want to do is I just want to check to see if any damning information is out there. Is there a way to know whether or not I am putting myself in danger of being outed? Is there a way to tell? Hmm. So the problem is... I, I can answer this question, but this is a double-edged sword question, because if I tell you how to find this information about yourself on this podcast, then I'm also telling somebody else how to find that information about you. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. And so... Is there a different way that doesn't help other creepy people? No. Oh, well, that's a bummer. But, but what you should do, I mean, the general advice that I give to people is this, is to Google yourself... And Google your username, Google your email address, just look there to see what's there. If there are individuals who are listeners of this podcast who need additional assistance, they should reach out to RY and RNT, and I, I will help get in touch with you. That's very sweet of you to offer. We're going to send you a thousand emails starting tomorrow. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, regarding something that's happened to me. And I know it's happened to a couple of others in the community who I'm friends with and um, even who I just kind of know through Instagram and that life. Um, is there any benefit to calling out people who steal pictures of you because it makes you more of a public figure, more, you're more visible to the internet at large when they steal your pictures and post them on other websites? Or is it more dangerous to request that they take them down because you're making yourself more public there too. Like what's, 
What's your best option when it comes to dealing with those fears and that publicity? So this is one of those places where I don't have a lot of direct experience with this in the same way. And I know people who do, and I know people who've dealt with it. And there are a number of folks who have, who have like, um, rocket star sites and things who deal with this on a regular basis. And there are avenues to pursue takedowns with different systems and networks. And it sort of depends on where they are. It's a lot easier to get something taken down on a site like Instagram or something like that than it is to, to get some random site on the internet to just take it down. But I don't know the right answer to this. And I would actually probably defer to somebody, one of those folks who are in that kind of world to see what their thoughts are on it. Because I just, like I said, I I haven't had to deal with this personally. I understand that. That makes sense. I'll follow up probably with somebody so we can answer, get an answer for those who are listening. Um, Because I'm sure there's others as curious as I am. Um, Is there another or any other bit of advice that you could give them like something that you would consider step one in assuring your safety on the internet. So the number one thing that I would do is that if you're going to be connected to other folks on social media, social sites on vanilla social sites that have that vanilla social connection is to lock down your friends list and lock down your publicly visible information. Facebook has rules for you to change every public post you have to be friends. Only your cover photo is public facing. Your profile photo is public facing. And so even as you lock down things like your friends list uh, to make sure that your mutual friends don't appear and things like that, which is really important, especially when we're talking about strangers, but you also want to make sure that you're not giving away any personal information just in your profile photo and like who has commented on it, who has liked it, things like that. Like, is it your boss? Is it your coworker? Things like that. And this is a challenge because you have to, you're, you're trying to balance, like, I want to be present on the internet. I want to be able to have my own social life, but you also have to understand that there are people who will use these tools actively in less scrupulous ways to try and find other people. And so, and once again, this, we're getting into a place where it's a double-edged sword, like providing you this information, but I, maybe I just gave people a trick to find out how to find each other, but I, I, that's not really what I want to do. But lock down your friends list, lock down what's public facing. Like that has got to be the most important thing that you can do is that anytime you have a connection that you're trying to tightly bound that privacy, lock it down. And then the other thing you should do is that anything you can do to kind of make yourself more identifiable, like in the real world from the kink space, like put that behind a layer of privacy so that you know exactly who's getting access to that. So like if you have photos of yourself with your face or with tattoos or things like that, or even interesting or identifiable aspects about where you live and what city you're in. It doesn't take a lot or a really dedicated person to try and uh, unpack that information and go from getting a glimmer of something and use that to narrow down and find out more private information. And unfortunately, the reality is, is that especially for female presenting individuals, that that is something that you really do have to worry about in this space. And it's a problem. 
Agreed. Agreed. I don't know a single uh, female presenting individual who hasn't had um, at least one person get way too close without having permission to get so close. Um, This might be uh, categorized as another way to give people um, directions on how to get stalkery and creepy. But if it isn't, I'd like to know what are some of the most used ways of getting past that privacy barrier so that we can know how to prevent them from happening. Oh, wow. I I can't answer that one. <laughs> the I will say that the more that you can do to make your information private and make your information separate, that is going to go the longest way toward preventing, circumventing that kind of stuff. And then... Regular online security best practices are going to be really important for this stuff too. So, like, don't use the same password on all of your sites. Don't even reuse on a few sites. Use a password manager. And make sure that your passwords and stuff are unique and separate. And so that way, if one site gets gets compromised, it doesn't domino and make every single site that's connected with you the uh, the it would be accessible because they already have your password and they already have your internet address. Like the the most important thing you can do is have separate passwords and what's called two factor authentication, which is a, a separate uh, piece of identifying information for you to complete a login. So before, um, before we round out this interview, I have, uh, this deep desire to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions, some of which I'd kind of know the answer to, but I think I wouldn't have if RY wouldn't have talked to me about it. Um, and some of which I have no idea whether or not they're the stupidest question in the world, but I definitely don't have answers to them. Look, this stuff is extremely complicated and it is daunting for people, um, Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Let's do it again. So there is no such thing as a stupid question. This stuff is hard. Even for people who do this every single day, this stuff is hard. Thank you for saying so, but I haven't even... You Just wait. <laughs> just wait till I ask my dumb questions. Um, okay. Are you ready for the rapid fire? Let's do it. All right. Um is there a benefit to using Wi-Fi versus your mobile data? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hey, hold on. This is our why. I'm going to interject. It matters if the router that you're on is at your work, right? And here's me being friend. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Okay. I may have made an assumption there that people aren't going to kink sites at work. That's probably not true. If you are at work... Don't, I mean, your best bet is don't do kink stuff at work, honestly, unless you work in kink. If you don't, look, you want to go and like peep your fat life or whatever, like on your lunch break or whatever, do that over mobile data. Don't do that on your network. Oh, and I I should say, don't do that on your work computer either. Oh, on the work computer either. Okay. That's the device thing. Yeah. Um, my next question is, is there any uh, greater danger in searching kinky things, say, on a public airport Wi-Fi versus on your home Wi-Fi? Um, is there anybody looking at that? Uh, probably not. Like, there's not somebody who's sitting there reading 
traffic logs and things like that. What's usually the case is that they the, the public networks subscribe to services that ostensibly make things that are accessed over their network more friendly. So if you try to get to FetLife from a public Wi-Fi in a Starbucks or on an airplane, it's probably just not going to connect. Okay. Um, is there an easy way to, um, I know that a little bit about this, but is there an easy way to make sure that your location isn't trackable from like photos you post on Instagram or photos you post on like Facebook? So, yeah, you need to review the settings in both of those services and see whether location is turned on. And the easiest way to do that, especially from a mobile device is you can actually just turn off location services for the whole app. And I would probably recommend you think about doing that regardless. Like, does everyone need to know if you're just posting a photo of you at the beach? Do they need to know exactly where you're on social media? Do all your social media people need to know exactly which beach you're on at this particular point in time? And, like, there's lots of different ways that you can sort of, like, you can run this out to an extreme, And depending on who or what you're worried about, who you think might be out there, that is going to impact how you handle those different cases and how you react to those extremes. And whether you're a more public-facing person in this particular niche or you maybe are in the niche but you're not a public-facing person and so you're very private about it, And so you want to be more careful about who you are and where you are and how you present. What you also need to be aware of is like your device knows a lot of information about you. And so, you know, if, if you're depending on what you're doing and where you are, there's a lot of information that can be something that somebody could access But the good news is that accessing most of that is pretty difficult. It's pretty difficult to get to, except in very certain scenarios. And I I suspect that most of the people listening to this don't need to be worried about most scenarios that would create an issue related to this. All right. I have two more questions. One is, what are the top, say, three professions that you would say, please, please, please be extra careful about your safety and security, Um, the ones that you would be like, really worried about them being super public. Oh, oh, um, I mean, anything that's public facing and, you know, you have access to any kind of information. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know how to answer that one. I feel like doctors. I mean, honestly, I don't, a doctor, a lawyer. Who are you a lawyer for? You know? I don't know. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a lawyer doing small claims court cases, that's very different than if you're a lawyer for the Justice Department. I feel like anybody who would be, somebody could use it against them and get them in trouble. I don't know. Teachers? Yeah. I mean, teachers, yeah. I mean, there's not, yeah. (laughs) Um, A little follow-up on our last, the question before this last one. Um, RY wants to know 
Uh, if you could say a little bit about EXIF data on pics, E-X-I-F data on pictures. So this is one of those things that's a little more technical. If there are tools that can strip EXIF data from pictures, if you are taking pictures and posting them on, I mean, I'm not totally clear on whether or not social media services are stripping EXIF data. I believe most of them are or making them barely inaccessible, but I readily admit I may be wrong about that. I think that it does make sense, especially for folks who are publishing in other places or things like that. I think it makes sense to use one of these tools that strips XF data before you post it up. Probably, I mean, it's there's the amount of XF data contained could vary wildly depending on what you use to take the picture. So there is an avenue to breach privacy there. But before I would worry, I would, I would worry less about EXIF data and I would worry more about how people are connected on social media, to be honest, and like w- what they're publishing and, and is spreading. Okay. Um, my last question is a two-parter, um, kind of. So I want to know if it is safer to be overall to be on a um, Mac slash iPhone or a PC slash like Android or Google phone, or if it's even safer to kind of mix it up. It doesn't really matter what device you're on. It's more about where you're going, what you're using, and then most importantly, running your updates. Keep your systems up to date. Like the aspect of like, what is the thing that somebody can do? This technical surveillance, for lack of a better term, uh, that is going to be much more dependent upon making sure that your stuff is patched, things like that. And so as long as, you know, an unpatched iPhone is less secure than a patched Android. I don't know what patched is. Patch is when, when you're updated. So it pops up these updates, you know? And so like you're, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that right now. And I don't want to do it, but just do it. Just do it as soon as you can. That's one of the most beneficial things you can do. It's like update Chrome and things like that. There's a lot of ways that like nasty things on the internet can sort of get in your shed. But as long as you're patching, you're vaccinating yourself against it. So, but like, as far as how do I keep my kink aspect private, as long as you're doing that, you're sort of keeping out the sort of the, the wider wolves of the internet. It doesn't really matter what device you're using at this point or operating system. It's, they're all carrying the same risk. You post a photo of yourself in a dip, that's findable by other people and then that can be used to find out more about you i like the wider wolves of the internet if we made it wider wolves of the web it could be the new www that's good that's this is our why that's going to be my next book title for sure yeah, it is. also my first book title i've never written a book oh yeah. okay. there we go there we go all right I'm, I'm back into friend i'm friend now friend thank you so much for coming on here i know that um you wanted to stay private and i think you did a great job with that, and I we appreciate your mm-hmm. knowledge and your input so much. Yep, yep, it's yep. very helpful. This is our why. I totally agree. Okay, I'm you again.
<laughs> Thank you folks so much for having me. This is really, this has been fun. I've had a good time too. This is our why. I have also had an amazing time. I am exhausted. Do <laughs> you know how hard it is to do what we've been doing? Holy moly. But it is so worth it because I, I have been wanting to put this friend on our podcast for a couple of years now and to share his expertise. And if it means repeating things with a two second delay, I will do it every week. A hundred percent. Every other week. Cause that's when we publish. And also for me, watching you speak in a different speech pattern and, and, oh, and laugh really? in different times. Oh, it was so did much really? fun. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I can't you wait and to listen to it and see if I sound different than me. With the same me. sort of intonation or like laugh at the same times. And I just was giggling to myself the friend whole says, time. Friend says, I hope you can't pick up the underlying speech pattern. I think we're in the, I think uh, we're in the clear here, friend. I, f- I feel more just you like. You become RYized for sure. Whether you like it or not. Look, I've been with RY so long. If he says the word hey differently, I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> so don't worry. Friend, I just noticed it was different. This has been awesome. And also, I just want, I want to applaud you for stepping out and doing something that um, I think will help a lot of others, even though, even with all these protections, you know, it of course makes a person nervous, but I, I think we did all of the right things. And uh, I applaud you for stepping out. I think you're going to help a lot of people feel safer and practice better online security because of it. So, I do so too. thank you. I Friend says, I hope so. I learned a ton tonight. Right? Yeah. Super cool. I know what patching is now. There ask, you go. Ask me. Ask me anything. There you go. Hey, just a, this is our why. Um, w- with our thanks to friend, I am no longer friend. And I feel like I've been inhabiting two people, like I'm possessed. But uh, this is this is just me. Um, but wait, you have to be friend one more time because I, oh. I do want to say goodbye. Okay, what do you want to say to friend? Friend, we love you and um, have a great night. <laughs> Friend says, thank you. I love you both so much too. And we love you, the listener. Thank you for hanging in there while we were on summer vacation. If you want to go back to back episodes, we actually have an episode that is like a primer on how to keep yourself safe online. This one was like a 201, 301, and 401 all combined. Yeah, friend did a great job. This is upperclassmen kind of stuff. Um, Get your prereqs, friends. Look for the one where we dove in and talked about um, online safety and security and some some measures for privacy. Um, And I will find that and I will link it in the show notes. But in the meantime, um, you have... Our thanks for continuing to tune in. If you'd like to join our FetLife group and continue the discussion on there, we have some amazing folks on uh, FetLife. You can go to our group. It's called Love and Brief Podcast on FetLife. Also, if you are somebody who might benefit uh, for access uh, or from access to transcripts, go to transcripts.loveandbrief.com. They tend to lag because once we publish the episode, then our scribes from the Love and Brief Podcast transcription group uh, diligently work to type them out. Um, that happens usually usually within a few days of the drop. So we'll put the podcast out, let's say on a Sunday, usually by Thursday or Friday, that transcript is there. Um, and they are such a diligent group and I love them so much, uh, because access matters. So that's it. If the inspiration comes to you on FL, on Instagram, on, um, any of the podcasting sites where you can leave comments, please leave some love for our scribies. They have put in so much work and the return is only the joy that people get from being able to experience the podcast in the way that they need to. So leave them some love, even send it to us and we'll tell them. Yeah. That works. We're on uh, Tumblr as Resonant Yes. We're on Instagram as Resonant Yes. We're on FetLife as Resonant Yes. And of course, you can email us at loveandbrief at gmail.com. I am RY. And I am RNT. And this has been another episode of Love in Brief. Love in Brief.
Welcome to Love and Brief, a very brief ABD. No, no, no.